Welcome once again to Devotional, a spiritual resource for daily living. This is Pastor Ariel. We are in a brand new lesson for a brand new quarter, Oneness in Christ. We're going to be studying this for the next three months, or October, November, December of 2018. This is lesson number six for Thursday, October 4th. Wow, a lot this week, a lot more than I had thought um, when I first read through the lesson, the more I re reviewed it, all of these things that I've shared with you just became dominant in what I began to see. You know, this is something of value. This is something that I think can stir our imaginations, get us thinking. And this, this Thursday, like right towards the end of the lesson, there's a wonderful invitation for us as Christians, and specifically, I'm a pastor of the Seventh-day Adventist Church, um, this day speaks specifically to us. Uh, it begins with this view from Deuteronomy 7, 7 that says, The Lord did not set his love on you, nor choose you because you were more in number than any other people, for you were the least of all people. And the question that is asked at the end of the lesson, I think, is extremely valuable for you and I as Seventh-day Adventists to chew on, digest, and process, and embrace in a balanced way. The question is, what parallels can we find between what God did for ancient Israel and the calling he had for them um, in comparison with us as Seventh-day Adventists? We also believe God called us for a special mission. We definitely believe that from the understanding of prophecy, that God has a special mission for the church. Not because we're special, but the mission is special. God did not select the Seventh-day Adventist church in the same, for the same reasons that he did not select the, the children of Israel. He didn't select them because they were big and established and wealthy and well-educated. They were slaves. When God called them, they were illiterate slaves. The only one that could write was Moses, at least that we know of. Um, and he says, you were, you were the least. And I'm going to read a paragraph here that's beautiful. It says, It is a strange reversal of values that God uses to select his people. While humans look to power, wisdom, and self-confidence to select leaders, God does not choose the strong and mighty to serve him, but those who sense or acknowledge their weakness, folly, and nothingness, that no one might glory before him beautiful powerful so true and it brings balance to our equation because we have two extremes and i believe in, in judaism you saw those two extremes um you had the pharisaical extreme where they were proud and arrogant god has chosen us we are because we are more special we are more beautiful we are more this we are more that and so you have that extreme that i think parallels and we find those parallels within adventism the arrogance that ought not be there. But at the other extreme of this spectrum, with, when you have the, the, the time of Christ, uh, Rome is reigning, but if you had gone a couple of centuries before that, the Jews, along with Rome and other cultures around it, fell in love with, with Greek worldview, Greek theology, Greek thinking, and Greek practices. So much so that Jews wanted to participate in the Olympics. This is just one example. I remember learning about this in, in a music class and a sociology class that I took in college. That the Jews were so enamored with Greek life in general. And they wanted to compete in the Olympics. Um, a little detail here that is you know, maybe 
not too graphic, but you know, the Olympics originally people, males that participated, practiced naked. They, they wore no clothing. And so Jewish males that wanted to, you know, practice in the run, the marathon, etc., would have done so naked, but Jews were not allowed. And so they had to go up through a procedure of reversing their circumcision so that they could appear Gentile. That's how bad they wanted to be Greek. And they were embarrassed of their circumcision. They were embarrassed of that which identified them as Jews and how they wished they could discard this Jewish identifying mark so that they could be fully Greeks. And I believe that there's a strong parallel for Adventism in there as well. They are the Adventists that are proud and arrogant, and then they're the Adventists that are ashamed and embarrassed. Now, here's the perfect balance that the gospel that this day brings to us. And if you find yourself in any one of these two extremes, you need to read this week's lesson. Um, the balance is that God picked nobodies. God picked ignorant individuals, individuals that didn't have it all together, didn't really know where to go. After 1844, our church leaders, the people that founded our church, they were at a loss. But you know where they went to? What we talked about yesterday. They didn't go and ask the traditions or the cultures of that day to sort of see if they could find an explanation to this humongously painful disappointment. They went to the Bible. And in the Bible, they were um, forced, they were empowered to shed traditions and cultures that had been bequeathed, that had been inherited, that were imperceptible to their discernment. God had to allow this painful experience to kind of break this shell, to break this, this surrounding uh, encasing that kept the Protestant Reformation from continuing forward. It, it's almost like when, when a reptile grows, you know, they, unless they shed that skin, they're going to stay contracted and die eventually. And so, the, God, had, he, who did he pick? A bunch of theologians from Yale, like a bunch of, you know, Harvard professors to, no. They were steeped and hardened in culture and tradition. And needed a group of individuals that would be humble, that would be teachable. And that's the beauty. You're not arrogant and you're not embarrassed, you're teachable. You're not arrogant, but you're also not ashamed. You are willing to follow and you are seeking with all your might to seek to understand. How do I live as a Christian, as a Seventh-day Adventist? That's how our pioneers began. And they came with an attitude of, if we see it in the scriptures and we see it throughout the scriptures, I mean, they, they were extremely practical and God gave them a lot of common sense. If you read some of the things that one of our pioneers named James White, I admire his common sense and things. Well, that wasn't something that he innately had. He was given to him. And part of the process by which he received it was through the study of the word of God. And that's where I believe is the missing link. This is me speaking, right? In my few years, I'm still young, I'm 45. <laughs> In my few years of ministry experience, which now is well past 20 years, 
this is has been my experience i have met with arrogant you know the proud seventh day adventist they are usually very ignorant of the scriptures i have met with the adventists that were that are ashamed or embarrassed of seventh day adventism they are also very ignorant of the scriptures what's the common denominator here um and where are you we are not going to be pointing the finger and i know for from experience what it feels like to be in either one of those two camps prior to my conversion i was the embarrassed ashamed camp and then when i began to understand certain things unfortunately the people that uh, introduced me to certain things were, the, were themselves arrogant and proud and boastful and looked down on other denominations and other Christians. So I belonged to both camps. And I belonged to both camps because I was ignorant of the scriptures. I did not find balance until I began to study with humility, with teachability, and with hunger. And that's what made the difference. And so this lesson on Thursday, this lesson on oneness, it's extremely practical. It's not just, you know, like I said at the beginning, you know, how can we sing Kumbaya every day? That's not the goal of the lesson. The, the goal of the lesson is for you to recognize there's still a lot of work to do. And if I am not careful, I could easily go into either one of those two camps again because, well, I thought you said, Pastor, that, you know, now you know, you're a pastor. Certainly, you know a lot of the scriptures. Um, this is way more dynamic than you know we may think you can become arrogant now because i could become arrogant now because i know so much right or i could become ashamed because i know so much too because now that i've gone to different um, venues and been around individuals that know way more than me i have met individuals that know way more than me uh, scholars with phds multiple phds that have said things in scholarly scholarly settings things like if I have to choose between science and the Bible, I will choose science. Wow. Science makes me embarrassed of the Bible. It's so archaic. It's so antiquated. It's so narrow. So if I have to choose between what is in the Bible versus what science informs me, which is another... It's smart, but for me, it's just another... When it goes that route, science can truly become a tradition or a culture. I choose that over scripture. So I think we are never exempt from going into either one of those camps, either through ignorance or through knowledge. Paul says that knowledge puffs up. The only thing that really keeps you and I grounded and balanced is love. So when you are looking in scripture to argue and defeat other people's arguments, you are probably leaning in the arrogant side. And when you're studied with not this motive of seeking for God, you may find things in the Bible that to you in your mind contradicted and therefore invalidate its authority and its validity, veracity. And so now you're embarrassed. Now you are wishing you didn't know these things. Are you seeking to know God? Because that's the goal of the scriptures. The goal of the scriptures is to reveal to you a God that wants to reconcile you to him. And the, the purpose for this reconciliation is not merely just so that you can have peace when you go to bed at night. 
the ultimate goal is for God to begin to use you the way he used Abraham to make you into a blessing a blessing for others to be blessed that's what he told Abraham I'm going to make you a blessing I'm gonna bless you so that you will be a blessing you are invited to approach the scriptures you and I are invited to approach the scriptures not simply for the purpose of filling our heads with information but beginning to experience a deep-seated transformation from within I'm praying that God will bless you and me and move us out of the group, the group, the camp of the arrogant and the proud. God called a bunch of nobodies to form the Seventh-day Adventist Church. We have nothing to boast. And what we have, we have because of God's mercy and compassion. And at the same time, we have nothing to be ashamed of within being a Seventh-day Adventist Church because what we have is comes from the scriptures and if you don't know that i invite you to study study more than just this lesson spend time with the lord with hunger in your soul god will keep you balanced by revealing himself to you and that will be your security